You know, actually, I feel like the weekend started early, started yesterday, because, Mary, you're going to laugh at this. Uh, the U.S. Open, Golf's U.S. Open is on. It was round one yesterday, and they're playing out in California, in San Diego, at uh, Torrey Pines, so there's a time difference there. And they teed off, I don't know, like around uh, 11 a.m. It was delayed uh, yesterday because of uh, fog. So I get home around 4 in the afternoon. I turn it on, and I start watching, and I'm watching. I'm watching a little more and more. And then next thing I know, honestly, it's like 10 after 10 at night. I'm wow. St- I'm still watching. It's still going on because it's only 7 o'clock out there, right? And I was like, I can't believe I've just watched golf for six and a half hours. Binge watching, hey? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. So we got that going on. We got a big hockey game tonight. Montreal yeah. and Vegas game three at the Bell Center. And not only will things be happening, Mary, inside the arena, but outside the arena as well. I think this is a pretty smart move. Uh, health officials are actually going to set up, set up a bit of a pop-up clinic outside of the Bell Center tonight. Brilliant idea. I mean, go where people are and, you know, you shoot and you score. You get the shot and you <laughs> score. You know, let's get those shots into arms for sure. Yeah, I wonder if they're using that as the tagline, as the promo line. Shoot and score. That'd be good. I give it to them. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, we've heard about this when it comes to a vaccine hesitancy that a large contributor is that people just, they're busy. They've got busy lives. They just don't have time to be lining up right now and get in line. So to your point, why not just bring the vaccine to them? Yeah, I mean, the places where people are going to, dare I say, congregate, but where they're going to be drawn to. And then I think it could really reinforce that sense of community. And I know we've said, and it's been a bit of a a mantra, you know, we're all in this together. And really, quite frankly, we are because it impacts how you can go to events. So I think it's a good reminder. You want to go to see your favorite hockey team play? Get the shot in the arm. Absolutely. Another way to increase uh, vaccinations, not only these pop-up clinics, but also we've heard of things like, uh, you know, incentives like free beer. Uh, We've also heard about uh, million-dollar lotteries as well. By the way, does every province have one of these million-dollar vaccine lotteries but us, but Ontario? Yeah, where's our lottery, hey? I mean, that that would probably get people moving. Yeah. Because people are looking to buy the tickets for the big Lotto Max. Well, get a ticket with better odds. And you win a shot. You get the vaccine. You get the shot in the arm. How could you lose? Everybody wins. Listen, I'm just asking because I'm as interested in winning a million dollars as the people <laughs> in Alberta, uh, Manitoba, and, and elsewhere. So just... Wondering aloud, where's our million-dollar vaccine lottery? But uh, you know what? Here's something really interesting. How about this challenge? This is this is in Saskatchewan. They're trying to uh, increase the uh, vaccination rates uh, there. And the mayors of uh, Saskatchewan's two largest uh, cities, the mayors of Regina and Saskatoon, uh, they have decided to have a lip-sync battle or challenge. So uh, basically, the challenge began yesterday. It runs until the end of this month. This is between Regina Mayor Sandra Masters. She made the challenge to a Saskatoon Mayor, Charlie Clark. And whoever vaccinates gets uh, first doses in more arms between now and the end of the month. Uh, the loser has to lip sync a song of the winner's choice and obviously uh, post it on social media. Great idea. I mean, this is where you can really see the imagination of political leaders, community leaders stepping up, stepping out and saying, Hey, let's 
you know, let's get past some of the doom and gloom that we've been kind of, you know, trying to deal through and muddle, muddle through over the pandemic and, and have a little fun. Like things are opening up and things are going to continue to get better with more people getting the vaccine and really kind of make it a bit of a community thing. Because I don't know about you, but everybody that I talk to, it's the question, one of the first questions is, have you got your shot? Have you got your second one? Have you got an appointment? So if there's a community that comes together and say, hey, let's get it. And we can have some fun with the mayor and the, you know, the, the city closest to us. Yeah, this uh, mayoral challenge between Sandra Masters and uh, Charlie Clark. Uh, by the way, if you look this up, uh, Saskatoon Mayor Charlie Clark, uh, have you seen him, Mary? Yeah. Is he not a dead ringer for Matt Damon or is it just me? Yes. No, it is. I had to do a double take and make sure I had the right story. They look like movie stars. Mayors who look like movie stars, both of them. No but Matt kidding. Damon for sure is doppelganger. Yeah, this Charlie Clark could be like Matt Damon's uh, stunt double. Actually, Dave behind the board just looked this up and he's laughing out loud. You're it's, LOLing. It's spot on. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fantastic. The hair and everything. Yeah. yeah. I know, isn't it? Uh, anyways, I was trying to think, uh, what song would you get if you won? What song would you get the other mayor to lip sync and immediately just hit me with your best shot, right, Pat Benatar? Nice. Got to be it, I would think. Uh, Charlie Clark has uh, picked a couple he would like to see uh, the Regina Mayor Sandra Masters do. Uh, running back to Saskatoon. Okay. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do something with, uh, of course, your city in it. Or uh, Feeling Good by uh, Sheepdogs. Right. Who, of course, uh, hail from uh, Saskatoon. So a couple of good ideas and a couple of fun challenges there that uh, might get a few more uh, needles uh, in arms. And, of course, in the last week or so, we've been discussing on this show, uh, reopening uh, here in the province. Uh, we're in the midst of Phase 1. There's talk about Phase 2 maybe being uh, bumped up, much like Phase 1 was. But as more and more businesses are opening up, one of the other things we've been discussing is supply chain and supply chain shortages. I mean, it's great news that our small businesses businesses sorry, are opening up again. But what if they've got nothing on store shelves? What if they've got nothing to sell? What if they are struggling to get product? Well, one of those sectors that has been hit particularly hard has been the automotive sector. And joining us now for more on this is Kenneth Bocour from the EV Revolution show that you can see on YouTube. Kenneth joins us right now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Kenneth, good afternoon. Nice to talk again. You too, Jeff. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, give us the uh, update because we hear, I mean, the demand for cars uh, has been really kind of through the roof during the pandemic, and I think that has surprised uh, a lot of people. The demand might still be there, but the product is not being shipped or delivered, and it's all because of uh, computers and computer chips? Yeah, you know, the world relies on computer chips more and more, and certainly does the auto industry. Um, You know, semiconductor chips are used to power all kinds of stuff, uh, backup systems, emergency braking systems, the infotainment systems, uh, everything is computerized in the vehicles. And these shortages, you know, COVID was one of the culprits for the cause of the shortage when plants, you know, there were rolling shutdowns for vehicle assembly plants, for supply chain elements, for the the companies that manufacture the chips, uh, even the wafers, things like that, those plants were closed. And that creates a backlog. You get this domino effect. And uh, what they did is, actually shifted a lot of the chip production to consumers electronics because last year well everybody was home buying uh, you know from Amazon and and everybody else uh, uh, shopping for all kinds of appliances and small things that we needed for home. Okay so there's only so many semiconductors only so many computer chips to go around they've been prioritized and we understand that the uh, auto industry I mean there's plants basically with cars 
ready to go, ready to roll, fully assembled, but they can't go anywhere without these? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, you can't drive them off the lot with until they're fully certified to operate. Uh, there are, you know, I, I think the biggest segment of the auto uh, market that's been hit so far is the trucks, uh, pickup trucks and SUVs. Those are the most popular vehicles. So those are where a lot of the shortages are happening. I believe consumers can still go out and find, uh, you know, midsize sedans or something along those lines, which have been, uh, were in, in heavy production before and kind of much more available now. Uh, but yeah, those chips and processors, uh, you know, all contribute to the backlog of vehicles. And again, a lot of automakers had to shut down their plants and prioritize to those most profitable vehicles that they could at the time um, with this shortage. Well, I was about to ask you about that because really this shortage really impacted the auto sector at the beginning of the year. It got worse in April. And yes, there are plants that have had to shut down because of this. Yeah, there have. I mean, uh, I know StatsCan is saying that this is going to be a big hit, you know, and, and some analysts are saying it could be $100 billion from a global impact for the shutdown. But yeah, some plants, you know, had to divert um, production into other models that maybe aren't selling as popular as the ones that I mentioned and, um, and use what limited um, capacities and inventories of supply chain that they had. And All right. Also, remember, it wasn't just COVID that we had, you know, the environment makes a big impact as well. I mean, things from earthquakes in some of these areas um, that can impact some of the plants that are, are producing these overseas. All kinds of things can impact. It's not wasn't just COVID at this point in time. For sure. And this has also had an impact on what sort of vehicles people are buying because they are now shifting. If they can't get a new car, I mean, used car sales have really picked up. They have. Used car sales are, are tremendously high. In fact, um, we're seeing prices that are over what we would normally see for used car, car, used cars because they can, right? It's a supply and demand thing. So if, if they can get a higher price, they will because that's where uh, consumers that want to get into a vehicle now are looking at used. And even in the EV industry, we're seeing a big uptake in used EVs. Now that there's some good inventory out there uh, with EVs, because they've been around now for a few years, you're able to find some good uh, models from a few years ago at good prices. Generally speaking, are EVs, do you believe, are they a better value uh, for the consumer used buying a used EV as opposed to just a used uh, combustible engine car? Because from what I understand and so many others, there's less moving or working parts inside an EV vehicle. They're less likely to, to break down. And are they therefore a better used option? Yeah, absolutely correct, Jeff. Um, you know, the parts are, are very much less than an internal combustion vehicle, so there's less wear and tear, less things to break down. It really depends on the use case for that consumer. If they can find a used EV that you know, maybe has 200 kilometers of range or 300 kilometers of range or 150, and it's just a city car to get from point A to point B running around, it could be a great second vehicle. And as long as uh, you know the bodies aren't rusting out like what we have here in Canada, uh, the, the rest of the, the vehicle, the drivetrain, the components, everything will, will go for 10 years plus, easy. Just finally, uh, Kenneth, if I do want to buy a new vehicle and I've got a used vehicle that I want to trade in, but I can't get that new vehicle because there's this semiconductor shortage, can I just say to the dealer, well, just take the semiconductor out of my used vehicle and put it in this new one? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it works that way, but I don't believe it does. Uh, they're all 
you know, as you know, technology changes. Uh, you know, what it was yesterday is different today, which will be different tomorrow. It's a very fast-moving environment that changes constantly, and OEMs are, are continuing to add value and add features and benefits to their automobiles with based on this technology. So it is something that I don't I don't believe can be done. Okay, I figured. Just thought I would check. <laughs> uh, Kenneth, thanks so much as always. A pleasure. Appreciate it, and enjoy your weekend. You're quite welcome. You too. Stay safe. Okay, you too. Kenneth Bocour is with the EV Revolution Show, which you can find on YouTube.